All right, Matt, go ahead and talk. <clears throat> Let me hear you. Uh, uh, oh, we're gonna need you to record that one more time. There was a bit of a gunk. <laughs> what is a gunk? Explain, explain to me what a gunk is. <laughs> All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> What does your wife think about that? And welcome to a new episode of the Super Rad Saturday Show. I'm Mighty Matt. And I'm the Cap. And we're sorry that we took so long to get back to you folks, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. Work was murder. But, uh, it, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Yeah, both of you. Both, yeah, all two of you that still listen to us at this point in time. Including the person in Italy that likes us. Yeah, shout out to... <laughs> we're going to have to do a shout out in, 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 in Italian there, Matt. <laughs> we're very grateful for all, uh, all of our listeners that are still here this long. Um, and like I said, it's been a good minute. Uh, work has been kind of tough for both of us. And of course, uh, we got, you know, the world's kind of going a little bit chaotic, but we have a better hand on things and... You know, with a new year comes new movies, and we have things to look forward to. Um, and, you know, after this last year where I, I feel like movies are kind of making a comeback, especially with the Spider-Man No Way Home film, uh, it's it's kind of, it's, uh, I feel like it is imperative to kind of look forward to see how uh, cinema is going to be handled today. Yeah, I agree. Um it's you know for, there was a good hot minute where movie theaters just really weren't uh, weren't uh, making any sort of money or doing business you know uh, unfortunately with the pandemic everything you know everybody was uh, you know playing it extra safe and staying home and quarantining and everything um, and it was just, it was it was murder for the movie theater business but it's nice to see them coming back and uh, you know some people were speculating that oh maybe the movie theaters are dead. Spider-Man No Way Home proved that movie theaters still have a place in this world. Um, I think, and and uh, Ben, I heard Ben Affleck on the Howard Stern show kind of talking about the same topic one time, and he made a really good point that movie theaters now are probably going to transition more into the sort of your big budget blockbuster type movies. That's what they're mostly going to be there for. You're going to have your your Marvel movies, your DC movies, your Harry Potters and all that kind of stuff. That's what movie theaters are for. Little smaller independent films um, probably will be going towards the streaming services. And honestly, I think that's that's good because like there's lots of movies that are good but you don't need to, I don't feel the need to see them in a movie theater you know I, I saw the movie Lady Bird you know I liked it I thought it was a good movie that's not a movie that begs to be seen on a huge screen especially with today's prices movie prices too because you know movie theaters are not cheap so it's you know 
if you bring a friend with you or a date or whatever, you know, it's you're, just to get in, it's, you're looking at over 20 bucks. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, like how movies are more like an event. I agree. And you mentioned independent films and I gotta, I gotta say, I beg to differ on that part because of course, streaming services for the independent filmmaker is a blessing because that's more eyes on your, on your product. Um, you know, for a lot cheaper, but I would actually say that there are a lot of people that will go out of their way to go to an independent uh, movie festival. So, like, a lot of film festivals are kind of treated in that same vein as an event. So, I could even say, I would even argue that you could even put those in there, like that kind of event. And it's not like a worldwide phenomenon, per se, like, you know, seeing the Avengers or seeing, you know, like your Harry Potters or new Star Wars, but that's still something that a collect you know collective group of people will go uh, out of their way to pay and watch these films on the big screen whether it's at your local theater or you know in a, a bigger venues to do that yeah no i that, that's a good point and you're right um i think like film festivals will still always have like a place in movie theaters um and they're, you, they're, I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna. They're like independent cinema is gonna be like completely gone, absent from movie theaters. I just feel like they're gonna be a little bit more like I don't know. I guess movie like like blockbuster. Yeah, it's like we'll still have For some, sure. but it's mostly like a lot, a lot of the the smaller. Film, uh, movie theaters that would only play your your independent films and stuff. Um, I think a lot of those are just going to go away. Yeah, um, I I do feel like you're going to see more mall like things that are like in malls or shopping centers. Those are what's going to survive, and unless it's like in a very artsy type town or like in a downtown area, um, you know, here in Florida we have a few uh, theaters by like the uh, Winter Park area uh, that's got a lot of uh, you know traffic on, on the way. Um, you know, colleges, you know, Valencia College right here, they have, you know, there's, uh, they host little film festivals here and there. Um, it, it's, uh, I would like to say that even like just movie theaters themselves can be treated almost in the same vein as live theater. Of course, you know, people will go to Broadway and that's the big time, but like, you know, that's where, but like the local movie, you know, like the local theater, the community theater. You know, you have, like, you know, the occasional group people and, like, they'll show, like, this is what's going to be playing this season, you know, for these next few months. Um, it's just very interesting because even before COVID, uh, theaters were kind of already kind of dying down a little bit. Like I said, short of, you know, your places and again, big shopping centers, you know, Disney Springs, uh the malls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Your your chain movie theaters like your AMC's and Regals, and right? All that. And even the, and and funny enough, there are like those chain movie theaters give incentive for moviegoers. You know, you got the Regal Club, of course. You got AMC. Uh, AMC even offers uh, free popcorn uh, if you invest in their stock and show it to them. If I'm correct, uh, have a few buddies that do that in you know. Uh, and they treat uh, they have like a subscription service they kind of you know where if you subscribe you can watch up to like one movie uh, for free a week so it's it's kind of interesting seeing like the shift where you know everybody's like well we got to go to the movies we got to go to the movies and you know you know it's just uh, it's kind of a spectacle and I, I look forward to seeing 
where it goes, uh, especially with some of these movies that we got coming out this year. Yeah, we were just kind of, before we started recording, we were kind of going over the list of upcoming movies this year, and it looks like it's a pretty packed year. So it's nice to know that movie theaters aren't really, they're not dead. They're on live support, but they're still going. And um, the, the, the movie, the list of movies that we were just looking at are definitely, all of them are movies that I'm going to want to see in a movie theater because they are all sort of like these big budget, like spectacle type movies that really require a large screen um, community experience. Yeah, I mean, like we're, we're starting on the 4th of March of 2022. We got The Batman, Matt Reeves' The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. And, and yeah, you talk about like you know coming back strong especially with like how like the dcu has been kind of a, a finicky um having this movie like be the head of like dc to start off the year that's uh that's a hell of a way to start especially with like a, a hell of an actor like robert pattinson uh taking on the the cowl the cape and the cowl mm. uh, an actor like robert pattinson taking on the cape and cowl and you know starring as batman and just it's <laughs> the world looks amazing the the world building that they got going on it's it's very batman year two if you yeah, will um this is going to be a real shot in the arm for dc because you know the marvel has been just kicking ass with the you know their films um and dc's kind of been slagging i mean like you know every now and then they'll come out with something you know like a wonder woman or an aquaman that's that you know does well and is critically well well received but um you know they've also had a bunch of missteps you know birds of prey um you know uh justice league the second wonder woman film uh, unfortunately yeah exactly yeah i wanted to love that movie but it just was kind of a bit of a mess We're, we're even moving on to April. We have the Morbius film, which got delayed again. Um, and I'm going on a theory. I think, spoil alerts for Spider-Man No Way Home, I think they're going to put Andrew Garfield as that Spider-Man because there was such a high demand for him after this movie uh, because he really did stand out as a you know as spider-man and his performance was really uh well received uh audiences are clamoring for more and i think with this being done i, I have a feeling i mean, of course they're saying well they want to give uh spider-man no way home more time to flourish and gain box office numbers and i can see that but i also think that there's a little bit more post-production being uh added to it you know i still don't know where morbius takes place <laughs> right because there's still michael keaton as adrian tombs from the tom holland spider-man so it's just like where what what is going on yeah and then you have um what's his name you have oscorp in there mentions of you know rhino and the black cat uh, the Daily Bugle is on a newspaper, not yeah. like, you know, an Alex Jones-esque type internet show. Right. So 
it's yeah it's very confusing it does kind of like make me curious to watch them because i'm look i think morbius is fine like as a comic book character and everything i liked him in the 90s spider-man cartoon but he's not a character that i was really like super excited to see a movie about and these trailers honestly like if i had to give him a grade you know like it'd be like a solid like C. It's just like, well, it doesn't look terrible, but it also doesn't really like wow me either. It doesn't look any different than anything else we're seeing. Um, stylistically, it just looks very vanilla. So I'm just like, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, I just, I like Morbius, but I I never thought like, oh, this man could carry his own movie. And it just comes off like it. it and, and one of these days we'll get really in depth with it. But just when it comes to Sony and their villain verse, I always kind of find myself very frustrated because, I mean, Venom, you can only work so much with. Like at some point, you know, you're going to need Spider-Man in this. So, yeah. uh, I, I mean, you have, again, like speaking of confusion, it looks like it's you know the uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man in the background of one of the one of the uh, trailer shots. So I don't know. Part of me feels like a lot of what we see in that trailer is red herrings, and I'm going to see this movie more for out of curiosity, kind of like you, Matt. More more out of like what are they gonna do and how are they gonna do it, as opposed to like oh this film looks great. Isn't that a weird way that they're hooking us in? Not with a, look at how good this movie is. Just more of a look at the things we're teasing. Don't you want to see where we're going with all of this? Like it's it's a weird way to hook us in. Yeah, and that's the one thing about Sony that that irritates me is it's doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Michael Morbius. Got tired of doing the whole good guy thing, huh? What's up, Doc? Um, you know, moving on to, you know, May 6th, 2022, we got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, directed by Sam, Ra Sam Raimi himself. One of my favorite directors, yes. Yes, and um, you know that he's going to be thriving on this. Uh, I can't wait to see those like shots of his. He he knows how to tell a story cinematically with his uh, with his camera work. He knows the type of you know like we go back to his Evil Dead days, um, especially like Evil Dead Two and then Army of Darkness, um, Dark Man. Um, I mean, like even his Spider Man movies have a style to them as well. Very much so. Like uh, you, you see the works. Like the uh, there's like a behind the scenes footages of uh of uh when they're you know filming like bloopers and there's uh bloopers and and uh outtakes and they show like the guy that plays Hoffman kind of leaning in like do you want me to say it like this um uh, you know for that part where he's like uh oh you know I got food poisoning where Jay George Hammond's like I got some food poisoning and uh Hoffman's like food <laughs> some food tobacco poison yeah and but like you see how much time they took just to have him lean into that camera just to give it that like little quick snip back and forth and and that's one of the things I love about uh Sam Raimi's uh storytelling when it when it comes to the camera work is like he knows how to use that as a as a means to push the narrative to continue it and give it life and personality he makes the the, the camera work almost like a, a character in itself very much so and uh 
him him coming back to Marvel to direct Doctor Strange, another you know another Steve Ditko boy by the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, I think is going to be very fitting. And there's so many rumors <laughs> surrounding it too, on like who's yeah. going to be in this, um, you know. And we could we eventually we'll get to that when the time comes. Otherwise, we'll be here forever. But yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to Multiverse of Madness. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's what I'm really excited about. The, my, my main thing with Sam Raimi being the director of this movie is that I really hope that he gives this movie a bit of his own flavor with like what we were saying with the camera work because as much as I do love the MCU there is a bit of a stock look to all of them not not a lot of them have like a voice or like a director's signature style to it they all kind of it's basically like they're bringing directors to do an episode of a tv show like they're all going to look the same but you know so i'm just kind of hoping that with sam raimi this one will make will maybe stick out a little bit more yeah me too i I mean like i get it because it's it's a cinematic universe and they're trying to make things as uniform as possible but, uh, yeah I mean that that makes sense I get it but sometimes you also want just a little bit more variety yeah and I think you know when you get films like I think that's why I really gravitate towards uh, uh, Thor's uh, Ragnarok uh, there's times where I'm like mm, there, there's too much joking around in here for my comfort but the one thing I do like about uh you know Taika Waititi's like work is like the camera the snapping back and forth and just how like they you know when they were they're conversing with one another uh you can tell there's a little bit more personality there's that little like little bit of like that uh retro 80s like Highlander flair to it and uh you know it's just films like or James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy it's those little things like where you can see more vibrant colors and and good you know good camera works and you know these long shots it really brings these movies to life and then that's the one thing i do feel that the mcu lacks versus what other uh you know um the mcu lacks that really would put it on a higher pedestal i mean they're they're right there but it, it just to me it needs the you know it's okay now we're past the the infinity where we're past the end game let's really push the boundaries here the greatest threat our universe is you. Things just got out of hand. You know, speaking of, you know, Thor Ragnarok, uh, you know, coming in July 8th, we got Thor Love and Thunder. And again, Taika Waititi. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this one. I can't say that I'm super pumped for it. Um, bringing back Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, to me, I'm not that interested in that to be honest because like I know like she's gonna like they're pushing for her to take up the the hammer of Thor which I'm just like there's lots of other characters that they've introduced in the MCU that are way more worthy of lifting the hammer but because it's like because it's Natalie Portman it's gotta be her right Um, it's like honestly Valkyrie I think should should be the one that like to be like the next Thor I know in the comics Jane Foster does you know got got the power of Thor for a short time I get it but I just I don't know to me it just uh, I don't know it's not it's not something that really like gets me excited I mean it does not help that the first two Thor movies Jane Foster 
was very underplayed and like I can see where the worthiness would come in. I mean, like depending on like in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, like she's helping out like she's like a pair I, I wouldn't say paramedic but like some kind of doctor and yeah. she helps people out so i can actually understand like hey you know you're doing a noble service by saving lives mm. you know take this you know have this you know hammer and i don't think the first two movies really wrote jane foster in that manner to really make you the audience uh feel that kind of connection that's why like when Ragnarok came along nobody really batted an eye with Jane Foster being gone and that's not to 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 shit on Natalie Portman because Natalie Portman's actually a very good actress I know she doesn't have a like a, a lot of people don't like you know cite her as like a top actress but then you watch movies like Leon the Professional you know and then you're like yeah she she can she can go she's got some range it's just that you know when you got <laughs> Star Wars yeah and, you know and, and and then, of course, like I said, Thor, her her uh, her tenor and Thor, I you know I can see why an audience would not really be too thrilled about her, you know, wielding Thor's hammer. I mean, it, it's not like it's there. From what I've seen, there's some promotional images. I don't think they're getting rid of uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. I think we're gonna have basically like a two Thor thing going on, which yeah. you know that's that's gonna be kind of fun to see because he's still gonna have a, a you know Stormbreaker. But I also really wanted to see Beta Ray Bill, to be honest. That's yes, absolutely. Especially when they tease him in Thor Ragnarok, because Beta Ray Bill, or at least his alien species, is on the side of that building. Um, so it's like, oh man, like Beta Ray Bill is in this universe somewhere. Where is he? Like, yeah. And and he's been he was such a huge part of Thor comics and like the uh, in the nineties and everything. So it's just like, and he's a popular character. So like, I just yeah. I really wish we would get him in this next movie, but there hasn't been anything announced or, or what, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, like I said, the one thing I do look forward to is the fact that I like Ta- uh, Taika Waititi's, uh, you know, direction, like how he, he shoots and like the vibe and the atmosphere of his film. So I feel like I'm not going to be disappointed, uh, but like I, I'm... I'm kind of on a wait and see kind of deal. Like, let's see if he actually does justice to Jane Foster this time around yeah. to make the audience really want to see her. Like when, so when she gets Thor's hammer, like it, it's, it's worth it. You know, yeah. that's what we're hoping for. Hey, look, it's the MCU. They've got my money at this point. So, you know, yeah, it, even is. though if I, I might not be super excited for it, I'm still going to go and see it. So it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and then switching back to DC, we got the Black Adam movie coming out in July of twenty, uh, July twenty ninth, um, and this is an interesting spectacle in itself because this movie has been in the works since like the mid to late two thousands, with the Rock tied to it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's this was supposed to have been made like long long time ago, and then like when they made the Shazam movie, it was rumored for a little while that he was gonna be in it, and then like. It just kind of, I don't know, they finally got around to like, okay, he's going to get his own movie, and now here we are, we're getting it. Which and is interesting because I'm pretty sure if it wasn't The Rock, I don't think Black Adam would have his own film. He would definitely be more of a, a featured villain in the Shazam movie, mm-hmm. which Shazam in its own right is really good. Yeah. So, um, but it, 
you know, it, what I look forward to most about this is that it's going basically back to like the the golden age of DC. And we're talking Justice Society, Adam yeah. Smasher, you know, Hawkman, Hawkgirl, uh, Doctor Fate, Doctor Fate. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan, one of the one of the Bond uh, actors, he's going to be Doctor Fate in this, which is really, I think, really exciting. I'm extremely thrilled to see Doctor Fate on the big screen Same. finally. Yeah, Doctor Fate's a cool character. He's a cool looking character, so. This will be fun. This this should be really interesting. Um, I'm really just hoping to see a bit more variety out of The Rock's acting because too often I see trailers for his movies and I feel like he's playing the same character. When I see, I saw the trailers for him in Jungle Cruise, it looked like the same guy he was playing in, you know, uh, Rampage and um, that Skyscraper movie. It's just like, I just feel like there's just, he doesn't have a whole lot of range. Right. So I'm just hoping that in this we might see a different side of him. Maybe he'll, sl- you know, because he's supposed to be an anti-hero. So I'm hoping that he's going to have a little bit more of a an edge to him. Yeah, um, you know, The Rock does actually have some range in there, and I'm saying, and I, you know, even going back to his professional wrestling days, we can see that. You know, he goes from like, you know, pretty boy Boy Scout to like the Nation of Domination Rock, who just like is you know calling everyone a jabroni you know and then to being a good you know flipping back and forth to good guy bad guy and then he you know he switches to the movies and you know I, i've seen him play some diverse roles whether it's like paint you know i think it was like a pain and gain with like mark uh yeah, mark, Wal- yep. mark Wahlberg, and i loved how he was how he his uh his acting in that one um southland tales the same guy who did um uh, Donnie Darko, he had a little bit, he had some range. So the thing is that The Rock, uh, he, I, and I feel like he does this himself. Like, and there's something to be said about typecasting, you know what I mean? Sometimes it, it works, sometimes they're like, okay, you know. Uh, the Rock kind of has this phenomenon right now where he is like the modern day blockbuster uh, actor superstar, you know, like a Sylvester Stallone and a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you will. So. I mean, there is a formula to that, but at the same time, I do, I agree with you, Matt. I want to see him kind of show a little bit more, like, layers, because he's got it. Mm. There is range in there. Yeah, I'm sure he's capable of it. I just feel like just a lot of his choices, or just at least a lot of his performances, are just lately have just been, like one note sort of that same that same rock personality where he's a good guy and he's going to joke around and make fun of people and smile and I just I, I, I want to see a, a different side to him for I, sure I, you know, so uh, like I said I'm sure he's very capable of it let's just hope that he does it yeah absolutely uh, you know next we have uh, coming in October is uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and I if in my head I thought this you know we had this discussion earlier I thought this was coming out much later and yeah. it's an absolute treat you know the first into the spider-verse movie was amazing no pun intended mm. but uh it, it really did a good job it was such a very tightly knit story and really captured the essence of spider-man and in my head i'm like how do you top that so i feel like this is going to be and it's a part it's a two-parter i think yeah this is setting up like a, a a trilogy i guess basically it's the second chapter or whatever um or it's like yeah it's across the spider-verse part one i think is what the official title is yeah and we're gonna get spider-man 2099 (laughs) which uh, i i've always wanted to get more into him um 
being a Latin American myself, I know that he was the first, you know, hi, you know, Hispanic Spider-Man, uh, technically. I mean, he was half, but I'm also like half as well. So it, it's kind of cool for that kind of representation. Uh, Miguel O'Hara in the year 2099 in that reality, and I think uh, I think I believe it's Oscar Isaac that voices him. Yeah, and it was. you know, just that's one guy I would like to even see like. 2099 Spider-Man in the you know the live action, uh, but it's going to be kind of cool. I, and it just you know that teaser left a lot to to for you to to wonder, you know. Yeah, I'm. I was really surprised at how much I loved the first um, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Not that I was expecting it to be crap or anything, but I just uh, I just had really no real expectations for it. I was like, oh okay, like an animated Spider movie, a Spider-Man movie. I guess that's kind of cool, whatever. But then. Uh, it really grew like it grew on me and like I I don't know just the way it was written and the action and the the way they handled Spider-Man I just thought it was all really well done and also I, I really like the animation style where it's like hand drawn but also with the CGI like it's a weird hybrid that gives it its own look and it works really well with Spider-Man um, I wish more comic book m- characters would have movies like this, you know. Uh, I, at this point, if they can't do a good Fantastic f- live-action Fantastic Four movie, they should do Fantastic Four like this. Oh, wow. Make it look like Jack Kirby artwork. Whoa. Dude, like that, I'd be right there, like first day, like in the yeah. theater for that. Oh, no. If you give it like that, Jack Kirby, like... Not just like in terms of how he draws his characters, but like Jack Kirby has a very broad way. Like he makes everything, like his scenery, look like it's just godlike. That's yeah. why people love like his artworks from, you know, when it comes to like the new gods, when it comes to Apocalypse, you know, the Eternals, Galactus, you know, all that stuff. It's like the way he draws space and these sort of high sci-fi concepts like it's very abstract and just uh, like it just it would lend itself really well to an animated film in that spider-man into the spider-verse style right yeah jack kirby like was definitely ahead of his time and he's one of the greats you know? the greatest like i would say like he just he knew how to to really uh like i said he made your character feel larger than life Yep. No matter what which comic uh, he was, you know, drawing for, he knew how to make everything feel larger than life, and you know, a, a lot of the work today uh, owes that to him. Oh yeah, no, he's been a huge inspiration for so many artists. He's he's one of the greatest of all time. So, but um, but yeah, just to put a cap on that Spider-Man uh, across the Spider-Verse, uh, can't wait. Looks good. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and in you know, speaking of multiverses. And this seems to be a, a recurring theme, um, but we're going to get the Flash movie. And this one is going to be interesting because it seems, well, it, it appears that this is going to be like what Days of Future's Past was for the X-Men. And it can go really good or really wonky, but at the same time, for the individual film itself... We're, you know, we, we've got Michael Keaton back as Batman, and I never thought in a million years that I would say that. Yeah. That that alone makes this movie, like, it, it's kind of tied with The Batman as the, my number one most anticipated movie of the year. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is kind of like a, like just underneath those two. But, uh, but yeah, just the fact that they're bringing back Batman... Um, 
Yeah, Michael Keaton, Batman. I just, I, I mean, no, I was right the first time. They're bringing back Batman. <laughs> because Michael Keaton is Batman. I mean, he's even said it in like that. There was like a, there was like a college a, a speech, commencement like a, speech, commencement yeah. speech that he gave, and he's like, "I am Batman," and I'm just, yeah. Thank you very much. I've got one more thing to say, and it'll only take me a second. I've got two words that I want you all to remember. They're very important. And if I leave you with anything, I'm going to leave you with these two words, and those two words are. I'm Batman. He knows. <laughs> he knows who he is. But, um, yeah, that alone, dude, is just its so exciting to see them bring back a character, a, 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 an actor play a character. You know, we were excited to see, you know... McGuire. Uh, McGuire and, and Andrew Garfield and everything. Um, see them return... To playing spider-man again but you know it's it hasn't been that long since they both played the, the you know the role of spider-man michael keaton it's been like close to 30 years at this point i because 1992 was uh, when batman returns came out and that's the last time he played batman so yeah I, actually that's a good third that is a, exactly 30 years now yeah that yeah so there we go so um it's been it's this the 30 30th anniversary of the last time he played batman so it's that's why it's like it's a so, big deal. Yeah, it's a it's a huge deal, um, and it's also supposed to set him up to be the new Bruce Wayne in a, like a new series of, of films. Like it's um, yeah, the the light reboot, if you will, like yeah. of the DCEU. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of conflict going into that because a lot of people really want to see uh, the continuation of you know Snyder's vision mm-hmm. of what the DCEU is, and and I, I have, I mean, there's pros and cons to that, but. And, and a lot of people, you know, there's like weird rumors out there and I don't like giving into that, but like a lot of, there's there's some speculation of like that the new uh, Trinity is going to be the Flash, uh, Batgirl, and the Super uh, Supergirl that they have in this movie. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be exactly the case because it feels like there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, interesting takes because... We're still gonna have Michael Keaton Batman there. Um, there's even he's even confirmed for the Batgirl movie that's coming out, yeah. where you have you you're gonna have a J.K. Simmons back as Gordon. So again, they're kind of integrating the the worlds in a weird way, where yeah, you know they keep some elements of the the DCEU, but like takes them out. I mean, Ben Affleck just confirmed that this is his last outing as Batman. So I mean, right. we're gonna have. Again, we're also going to have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton at the same time. Yeah, in in the same Batman movie. I don't know if they're going to share a scene together, but it's it's quite nutty. And I don't know. Like this is this is that film where I'm excited, but I'm also keeping a very close eye on because we don't know the direction that it's going to go. And I know The Rock with Black Adam is also going to ha- hold influence with the DCEU because mm-hmm. he still wants to fight Henry Cavill's uh, <laughs> Superman. Yeah. So I, I, it can go either way. You know, we could see basically a, a, a split in Earths. You know, you can have an Earth 1, Earth 2 cinematic thing going on, which is fine, but uh, it just, this movie's got a lot on it. It's like you said, it's 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 kind of nutty. And, uh, you know, if you, you want to get nuts, come on. Let's get nuts. <laughs> and then he had a... Come on, let's get nuts. And 
you know, we're, and we're going to cap off basically the year with these last two ones. We got uh, on the Marvel side, we got the Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, and then on DC side, you got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, you know, the Black Panther one, that's going to be a very hard one to to process because the MCU is in a very difficult spot with the death of Chadwick Boseman. Um, it, it just, it really sucks because he really gave that role uh, life. Um, and especially his performances in Civil War, he had the best performance next to uh, next to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like, he, I think he was the, the show stealer of Captain America Civil War. How raw his performance was when he asked, like, you know, Cap, like, how long do you think you can you can keep me from killing your friend? And you're just like, whoa, you know? Yeah, and then also that speech he or like the little the 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 exchange that he has with Zemo at the end too is really good too. Yeah, and it just it sucks that you know Wakanda and the Black Panther have such deep lore in the in Marvel comics. You know, I, I, it's being speculated that Namor's supposed to be in here, and you know, Namor and Black Panther—they do get out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, Namor the Submariner is the Marvel version of basically the Marvel version of Aquaman. He's like the ruler of Atlantis, and he you know kind of rules over the uh, the seven seas, if you will. And um, and he's the first, technically the first mutant. That's true. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's a he's a silver age character. He goes way back to like the early days of um comics with like, you know, he showed up with like Captain America and the original android version of uh, the Human Torch um, back when it was timely comics. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um so I just for all you listeners just cuz Namor is not a very well-known character. If you're not a comic book fan, you probably don't really know who Namor the Submariner is. Yeah. And just it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle this. You know, it's just it's a real sad situation because there's like you you don't you can't blame you can't blame uh, Disney and Marvel for not recasting because that's the cultural impact that Black Panther had. Whether you like the movie or not, that had a, a an impact uh, culturally speaking, and you know. Even it, it, it just the death really, uh, really t- it, it was Chadwick Boseman was such a, a blow to the MCU. So, I mean, I personally would have just not made another Black Panther movie, keep Wakanda as like a place, a reoccurring place to visit and you know, continue their story. Um, but to, to continue like with this, it's, it's gonna be a hard act to follow. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's you know, and you're right. They're they're Disney and Marvel are in a really tough spot because no matter what they do, it's just you know, if they recast it, they're gonna like you know upset people for recasting because that's a role that really like you know that was owned by Chadwick Boseman. Um, they don't do it, and people are like, well, you know, how do you do a Black Panther movie without a Black Panther? And it's just like, yeah. So it's this it's a really tough spot to, for them to be in. So I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're right or they're wrong they're doing what they they have to do and you know um i'm i'm curious about this movie we haven't seen any photos or footage or anything like that so i have no idea what this movie is going to look like but at least ryan coogler the director of uh, the first film and uh, the first creed which i love um 
is coming back so it's it's a you know it should be in good hands yeah for sure um and like i said dc's topping it off with the uh aquaman uh sequel um i personally haven't had a chance to watch the first aquaman um i mean i've heard good things about it it is like one of the uh, few outliers in the dceu uh that actually had some decent I, I mean, I haven't heard across the board that people loved it, but it was, like, at least decent and somewhat well-received well amongst audience mm-hmm. members. Um, and, and from there, again, like I said, we got the Flash movie coming right before that. And that makes me kind of wonder, what, uh, where does Aquaman stand in this? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to stick around, but are we going to end up seeing, you know... Uh, this Aquaman share the same screen with Michael Keaton's Batman or is he off on his own like it's his own thing yeah that's what I'm kind of wondering too is like are they even going to connect at all because like you know Wonder Woman's had two movies and neither one of them have really referenced Aquaman or really or, or Flash or anything so I'm wondering if DC for the most part is just going to kind of keep their movies kind of like you know their Aquaman series is going to be its own thing Flash is going to be its own thing with the exception of obviously bringing back Batman and being a you know a very heavily heavily Batman centric movie um, Wonder Woman is going to be her own thing like I'm, I'm curious if that's what exactly they're going to do or if they will like touch upon like you know so, or if Aquaman 2 is going to have ramifications from Flash Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Super Rad Saturday Show. Go ahead and subscribe to anywhere you can listen to podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple. You can follow me on Instagram, at MightyFronz, that's M-I-G-H-T-Y-F-R-O-N-Z. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Retro Mugen, where my friend Shredder and I talk about all things retro, with a big focus on those heroes in a half shell, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hey guys, you can also follow the cap at Who Is Your Captain Baby on Instagram. That's W H O S Y O U R K A P T A I N Baby. And also, don't forget to follow our official Instagram page, Super Rad Saturday. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you have a Super Rad Saturday. <laughs>